Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. I what what day is it? We're actually recording this on a Monday. So Happy Monday. Hear, happy Monday. You guys are going to hear this tomorrow morning or at midnight. Some people listen to this at midnight, don't they? I love um, that. I just have these too. visions of of people kind of sitting up feeding their little ones and listening to the podcast or the insomniacs like me that just, you know, either Can't are sleep. online shopping or listening to podcasts <laughs> at 2 a.m. <laughs> How was your weekend? Do you know what? It was (laughs) Saturday. Well, I basically solo parented all weekend um, because James was out. His football season finished on Saturday. So he was out all day Sunday. Um, So I took the kids to my mum's because I couldn't face another day on my own um, with them. Because Saturday I was on my own again and it was fine like we just did normal things like we went out for lunch I took them to the pound shop took them in some charity shops and then took them to waitress I mean it's really not very fun for them but um it it kind of is like Axel was quite excited to go into a charity shop and I was explaining the concept to him and stuff but it's exhausting I think that's the thing by the time we got into the supermarket Gigi needed a nap she was literally throwing herself on the floor screaming and you know you're like I just don't know what I just don't know what's that in Waitrose as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know yeah. flipping someone, Waitrose. Someone the worst that. one. Yeah, the, <laughs> the worst, worst one with one all the judge with it. all the judginess going on. All the bloody judgy Jameses in there. <laughs> um, and I was just like, oh my god, I just don't know what to do. And I did actually at one point just close my eyes and just pretend I wasn't there. Like I'm just going to close my eyes and just pretend this isn't happening. But I mean, yeah, it was fine anyway. So. This morning I had a lovely facial <laughs> to relax from a hellish weekend. You can say and now I feel brand new. You can now say it how it is. New. Listen, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, look, there's nothing fun about any of that that you've just described. Let's let's break it down. You know, Saturdays before kids were spent kind of mooching around in the shops with friends, getting ready to go out, nice cocktail bars, drinking champagne. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like really fun stuff. And now it's dealing with toddler tantrums in the frozen food section of Waitrose. Not yeah, fun. No, it's not. Tell me you had a better weekend. Than me <laughs> well 
<laughs> I didn't have as good a time as Dozer had because Dozer went on uh, like a stag do and there wasn't even a, <gasps> anyone getting married. He went to the, <laughs> to the Isle of Wight yeah. for lunch on Friday with a group of his friends and they basically got on a boat. It was like a rib and they went across to the Isle of Wight. Everything was outside, had a really lovely lunch. It's like a booze cruise, basically, I would, I'd say. Wow. Um, he got back at four o'clock in the morning, just before my alarm went off for work. Oh, he staggered in and I was like, oh God, you are drunkity drunk. I was like, here's some paracetamol, you get into bed, here's some water. And then there was me just getting myself ready for work. So basically I've sort of been nursing a small um, hungover child all week. Small? That is one word I would not use to describe Dozza. <laughs> so true. He's ginormous. A ginormous child. Yeah. Um, we hung out with some friends in Richmond Park yesterday just having a look at the deers and I but I ended up drinking nearly a whole bottle of rosé to myself and when I stood up I was like, fuck, oh, yeah. I'm really drunk here. But it was really fun. Yeah. Oh, that's well, so you did have a better weekend I did. than me. I you did. did. So that's good. I did. My time next weekend. Yes. Oh, it's our time. We need to go out. We've got to plan this as well. In fact, you know what? I feel like as soon as the rules and regs change, we're just going to do an impromptu made by Mama's Night Out. So anybody that listens to the podcast will tell you which bar we're going to be at and you can and come you and join come. us for a wild night out. Yeah, we will. Yes. Not a for- not nothing formal. No. It'll just be us. Yeah, just shits um, and giggles. Yeah, absolutely. So, George, I guess we need to, before we just natter on for the rest of the eternity, we need to kind of get <laughs> on with the chat, which we recorded earlier on today. Yes, we did. We've been trying to get this guest on for a while. And actually, in a weird twist of fate, we, it, I'm glad we waited because she is currently pregnant. I think she's around, was it 17 weeks pregnant yes. at the moment? Um, and if we'd have chatted to her a few months ago, obviously she wouldn't have been able to share that news with us. So we managed to chat about that. We chatted about her fertility issues. Um, we chatted about periods. It seems yeah. to be a topic that we're talking about so much in the moment, having not spoken about them yeah. to now it's, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about them because I'm learning something new every week. Yeah, exactly. Um, The topic of periods kind of keeps coming up. I think it must be sort of really prominent in people's minds at the moment and people are asking more questions and figuring out stuff about their own cycle and talking about, you know, their own kind of period history over the last 15, 20 years, whatever it is. So yeah, it was a fascinating chat and she actually gave us a real insight into what's been going on in her world that I didn't know about with her periods over the last two, two and a half years. So it's a really fantastic chat. Who are we talking to today, G? Today, we are chatting to the lovely Izzy Judd. I feel like this chat's going to be absolutely wonderful because we're oh. all IT freaks, as in we don't <laughs> totally know how to work anything related to tech. Um, but that means we're all like-minded women. So that's great. Yeah, uh, today, joining us on the podcast, uh, mother, author, speaker, She's really, really, really good at the violin. Makes me quite jealous when I <laughs> listen and see her play. Uh, mindfulness teacher, all round complete legends. Uh, please welcome Izzy Judd to the podcast. Hello. Hey. Thank you. What a lovely intro. So nice to see you, girl. It's so nice to see you. I should have also said, um, pregnant. Congratulations. Yes. Thank yeah. you. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm doing much, much better. Um, had a rough few weeks. Um, Harry and I... Um, we got COVID, which was just felt really, really unlucky um, as the cases were dropping. And I was just being so careful, um, you know, so it was just so that was just awful. Yeah. And then I've had urine infections. Um, it's just been one thing after another. 
Um, but I feel I feel like now we are we are on the um, on the up. So and it's nice as well to be able to tell people because it's always that difficult thing, isn't it? Within the first twelve weeks, I really because I've talked a lot about fertility and I really undenied about whether I was going to share the news sooner. Because I think there's a lot of pressure on women in the first 12 weeks and in the first trimester to, um, well, you, you feel so awful and you can't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, but equally, you're, you know, I, I have suffered a miscarriage in the past. So you are conscious of that it's a vulnerable time. But equally, it's also nice to have the support from people. Yeah, absolutely. Were, were you not sharing because you were feeling anxious about what's happened in the past with the miscarriage were you were you kind of maybe holding it a little bit tighter because you you didn't want to jinx it yeah I think so and also Lola's five now she understands a lot more and I wanted to wait until a safer zone um you know before we told the children so that was another reason and I kind of felt like they deserved to know (laughs) before we shared the news elsewhere so, but I did, I did really, I did really think about it because I do think it's incredibly tough for, for women when, especially if you have experienced loss to then, um, have to then hold it in again for yeah. those early weeks. And obviously it's completely personal as to what you feel comfortable with. Um, but equally there shouldn't really be a pressure to either way. If you want to share the news, you should feel able to, and if you, yeah. Yeah, Zara and I always say that we feel like we would share the news early with people we would tell if we suffered a loss. So Mm. a couple of close people so that if anything did happen, we Mm. would be telling those people anyway. But, you know, neither of us have been through it. So it's easy for us to say that, isn't it? Do you think... Um, when you have suffered a loss and fertility issues, it, it puts more pressure on who you tell? Yeah, I think... I mean none of my pregnancies since loss have I really been able to relax or feel that sort of elated joy or if I do it's very short-lived and then you know you're you're on tender hooks the whole time you you're you feel so vulnerable um but then I also feel quite passionately about being open and talking about it because it is so common um so for me personally you know I think like you were saying I tend to tell the people close to me that I would want to have their support should anything happen and equally you know I I also want to try and be think positively and you know um so yeah it's, it's a difficult one I think for Harry and I I think we feel that you know having gone through such a struggle and having gone through IVF we would have loved that moment to kind of be able to say to our families as a surprise, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're pregnant. But because everybody's, you know, been so involved, that's just not the way it's ever been. Um, because can, of our can, we ask you about, um, can we ask you about your pregnancies and can we kind of take you back to Lola and, and you know, around that time when you were trying to conceive and kind of talk yeah. me through with Kit and then obviously with, with the new baby? Mm. Yeah, so um, typically with our first, we got married. Uh, it was the Christmas time um, and I was sort of at Harry 
I was like, come on then, let's have children. And he was like, <laughs> let's them, wait. And I was like, but we've, we've been together, like, you know, how many years? What are we waiting for? So um, anyway, when we did finally start trying, um, my period didn't start the first month. You know, and we had this moment of like being in the bathroom and me doing the pregnancy test and just thinking, yeah, we've done it. Um, and it was negative. And I did a few more and it was negative. And then my periods just didn't start. And that had never, ever happened to me before. And so I really panicked and went straight to um, a gynecologist to get some tests and, and find out what was going on. And I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries. And so basically, I wasn't ovulating. But I, I believe now that my diagnosis, I'm not sure it really told the full story and I, I think I understand that better now having gone through a longer fertility journey so after Harry and I went down this sort of medical route I suppose quite quickly when my periods didn't start I had a lot of intervention hormonally a lot of synthetic hormones to try and get me to ovulate and uh, I was taking Clomid and and I resisted absolutely everything so um, even when I did an IUI which is where they time the moment in your cycle to inject the sperm i i still the medication to try and get me to produce the eggs still my body wasn't responding um and so i just felt this sense of huge failure i just nothing was working uh i just assumed it was going to be so easy and everyone around me was falling pregnant and you know it, it's just the most soul destroying uh, thing and yeah. a lack of confidence and fear of the future uh you know not knowing whether we would ever be a fam you know have children and then we did go on to have IVF and we miscarried after the first and then the um second which was a frozen embryo was Lola which just blows my mind still that she was frozen <laughs> and then wow. defrosted and yeah um and then very, very quickly after Lola, so under a year, I we then conceived Kit naturally. We'd always said, we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Do, do they understand how that happens? If you've gone through IVF and and then you fall pregnant naturally, is that because the body knows how to, to be pregnant? I think my personal experience with that was that my the issue we had was for me to release the eggs. So it was for me to ovulate. Yeah. Um, and so probably I stopped breastfeeding Lola and probably my cycles just naturally, there was no time. Really, I obviously just caught a moment because I knew, I said to Harry, I've got a period, I've got a cycle. And you know, you know, I, I started to learn a lot about the inner workings of yeah. our monthly cycles and, and what to look for. And, and I just knew, and we'd always said, look, let's just see what happens and so very quickly kit was conceived um and i you know i was also with that always had this sort of um emotional tie because we had one other frozen embryo from our first round of ivf and literally it was a bit of an eeny meeny miny mo for lola they could have picked the other embryo and yeah you know what if i had never met lola and who is that person in there and do you think you know <sighs> When you fell pregnant with Kit, obviously, was it a huge shock? Because had you all kind of in your head thought, oh, we'll use the, you know, the other frozen embryo? Total shock. And I, I remember sort of, it was, and also it was such a romantic, 
you know, all the things when you're trying for a baby and you hear all these stories and it's never you, you know, and then all of a sudden Lola was with me in the bathroom. I did the pregnancy test. It was New Year's Day and the line came up. And it was just, and I was just going to Lola, there's a line, there's a line. Bless her, she didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, and then I kind of woke Harry up and showed him. And it was like, is this a joke? Because, you know, we'd, yeah. we'd gone through so, so much. And then it just seemed so straightforward. And I was right in the middle of writing Dare to Dream, which was kind of my fertility story of Lola. And I, and I remember thinking, how am I going to, I was quite worried about how I was going to, share this news and be open because it just seems so easy in comparison but actually it gave loads of people hope and and loads of people the feeling that actually it can happen it is possible mm. yeah yeah and so so you you're pregnant with kit you have your little boy and then yeah talk me through what's going on over the next couple of years are you having conversations with harry about a third yeah no <laughs> no done <laughs> after we had well so I never threw any baby stuff away. I never could, could quite get to that moment. And I was keeping everything in the loft. And we would have sort of random conversations. And I had this frozen embryo from our, from our round of IVF kind of in the back of my mind. And who, who are you? And, you know, do I want to go back? But to be really brutally honest, Kit was such a challenging little boy. I love him with all my heart. But he... And I took a long time to get to know each other. And when feel, he was a baby, is he? When he was a baby? Yeah, he just, yeah. well, he's just, I think it's really, really different. When you have them very close together, you've got a girl and a boy, and they're very different characters. They behave very differently. You know, I just sort of figured out a pattern with Lola, and I, and it it was all good. And then nothing worked with Kit. Like nothing yeah. I I had used before was working for him. And I just was thrown. I was completely thrown. He was really needy. He had reflux. He was at my Same feet. Baby. He would just whinge at me like 24-7. And I was – and, you know, you also have that whole guilt because – you you feel so obviously so lucky to hadn't I felt so lucky to have given Lola a sibling but equally I was like does anybody take him I cannot he is demanding so much from me and I because I fell pregnant so quickly I didn't take enough time off work which I should have done um and it was just to be honest with you a really really stressful period and I'm I feel quite sad that um I didn't have that time with Kit like I had with Lola yeah. Um, because I was just being so, cha I felt so challenged. Yeah. So it's taken me this long <laughs> to prepare myself um, yeah. to have another baby, really. Yeah, George, go on. I want to no, find no, out how no. it happened. No, I was just going to say, <laughs> first of all, I was going to say, there's obviously something in the name Kit because that sounds like your little Kit, so he yeah. was the same, wasn't he, when he was born? No. Um, no. But also you mentioned the guilt and I think that's, something that obviously all of us mums <laughs> we feel guilty all the time about everything but do you think because you'd had you know all the fertility struggles before you felt like you you needed to be lapping up every single moment because you were so lucky to be in this position and and how yeah. could you how could you say to anyone you weren't enjoying it when you wanted it so badly yeah it's it's really hard to know because I 
didn't know any other way. So I don't know whether I would have just, I think instinctively as mums, we, we feel guilty. I mean, my mum says it never goes, it never leaves you, you constantly. But I do think I definitely felt it wasn't as, I, motherhood at the beginning was not as I expected it to be. And there were a lot of things with the breastfeeding and, and all sorts of things that I just wasn't prepared for or, or knew about. You know, I was learning at the same time. And so I think, you know, when I then had Kit, he was actually, Lola was actually very easy, but I struggled. You know, it was, I was the one that, that kind of, she would say, first time mum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And whereas with Kit, he would, he, he can drive me to rage as quickly as he can drive me to just insane love. Like the love he gives and the kisses and the, he's, you know, he, he's just such a loving, cuddly boy. Um, but he's just also equally demanding. So I think I had different challenges with each of them for different reasons. And I don't know whether that would have been any different, whether I'd had fertility treatment or not. We'll be right back after the short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? How was your mental health during that period? So you had two under two? Under two. Yeah, two what, under two. Two under two, snap. Yeah. Um, what was going on mentally and how were you coping? Yeah. You said you were struggling in areas, but overall was, was Harry there to support and were you guys working as a team? Were you communicating those feelings to him? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Harry's an amazing dad and um, we've always been complete co-parent. I mean, the nature of our work has allowed us to be like that um, because um, Harry's, you know, we have moments, periods of time where he's always around, which is also challenging. <laughs> and then, um, and then obviously he, he's always, you know, I've always been able to leave the, the house and not have to say to Harry, oh, do this, do, do that. He's kind of, he knows what the agenda is and yeah. um, he gets on. Um, although he's he's very good at coming through the door after a day of work and being like, okay, I'm just going to go and put my feet up. Whereas I'm, I come through the door and I'm straight back into yeah. mum, right? 
Where yeah. like, I need a, I need a moment. Like, yeah, I, have a moment. <laughs> I need the transition. <laughs> Whereas I walk through the door and he's like, "There you go." George sometimes <laughs> says that James goes upstairs and had a sh- has a shower. Yeah, he does. He does. Before he, he starts husband, parenting again. That's exactly what he yeah. does, and it drives <laughs> me mad. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I don't know. I, I I always say to Harriet, I think he just has his limits. He has his sort of time. And then yeah. he needs his own time and that, you know, and we, we tick along and we, we've un- just, we've got to understand one another. But I think, yeah, I definitely, in looking back, I think it's easier, isn't it? When you're looking back, I think I was immensely stressed when Kit was born Yeah, and those sort of fir- that first year. And um, I've spoken about it really briefly and it's something I want to talk and open up about more but I was the way I was combating stress and anxiety which I do all the time is to just be a complete control freak because then if I can control everything then and so a lot of it became around um I was basically over exercising under eating completely stressed trying to hold on in any way I could. And as a result, I complete, I had no periods for three years, basically. My body just completely shut down. And I'm only now starting to feel uh, strong enough to kind of open up about that and talk about it because I felt really quite ashamed. Well, firstly, don't feel yeah. ashamed at all. It's something that I can speak firsthand about as well, but it didn't happen after the kids. It happened before. And that was the over-exercising and the under-eating and the you know, stress and anxiety. And I didn't have a period for five years. But like you said, Izzy, mm. I found it really difficult to talk about it at the time. In fact, I kept it fiercely private from everybody in my life. So I can, and I was almost, even though I feel like I'm quite a bright, you know, woman, I was almost kind of going, God, I mean, what's going on? Like, why am I not having periods? It's like, well, because my body fat was about 5% or something. And it's and there's no way that I could have had a period in, during that period. But mm. yeah, I'm starting to talk about that a lot, a lot more. It's got a name, hasn't it? Well, yeah. So amazingly, I had this weird experience. I was, it was a Sunday night and um, I was chatting to Harry and I was sort of saying, look, I'm just, I feel like I'm, I don't know what, to do like I've written these books I'm really passionate about these subjects my I'm I'm I don't know I I felt close to burnout I I just yes I just yeah something it's like I'm doing it all but is it making a difference or should I be with my children more you know that kind of yeah that conversation was going on in my head and the next morning I walked Kit to nursery and I decided to go to a different coffee shop which I normally I always go to the same coffee shop on my route home but this day I was like oh, I'm gonna go and try that new one so I went and um I got chatting this girl came over to me and just said oh I've been listening to your fertility podcast thank you so much you know for talking about it and anyway we got chatting and I said to her I, I, you know I, I don't have any periods and she said yeah I was exactly the same I had hypothalamic amenorrhea and as she was talking I was like oh god there were just alarm bells going in my head. Um, And she was like, read this book called No Period, Now What? uh, by Nicola Rinaldi. And so I went straight towards Stones, got a copy, and it was like reading my head out loud. Um, And it was kind of frightening um, because I just hadn't realized the muddle that I'd actually got myself into. 
Um, But equally, it was a changing, it was a moment of change. And had I not had that moment with this person, you know, I, I, on September last year, I stopped all exercise, increased my food intake. And a month later, my period started. And then I fell pregnant naturally. I mean, that is incredible. My my question is, that condition, is that a result? Because I imagine in my head that some people's periods can just stop so we're not yeah. talking about over exercising or under eating that condition maybe is associated with people's periods just stopping for another reason because for me it makes sense that if you were under eating and over exercising your periods would stop because that's what happened to me so mm. do you know specifically if it was related to that or did you have a sort of separate condition going on so I have absolutely no doubt right in my mind um because I I tried bioidentical hormones so I went to see a consultant, this was before I read the book, because I needed to have a period for, for health reasons. I'm osteopenic. Yeah. Um, and and just as a woman, you know, I was like, I, I feel dormant. I just want a period. Um, had no cycle. I had no, so there was no yeah. kind of creativity peaks and then rest yeah. peaks. You know, it was just like, I didn't know where I was. And um, so I went to see this consultant. Because my BMI was normal, right? Yeah. I there was no sort of well, you're underweight. I didn't look underweight, and I was in denial. So he then put me on bioidentical hormones, and of course, again, I resisted. Just so it, you know, I just and then that's what I mean when I was going back to sort of my initial diagnosis of polycystic ovaries in the book I read. You know, often it is misdiagnosed, and the issue is that. I'm not, and obviously, I'm no professional. I'm no medical professional. I'm just talking about my personal experience. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But um, I, in order to try and help the polycystic ovaries to ovulate, you look at your nutrition, you look at your weight, you look at, you know, because those are the things traditionally or stereotypically with polycystic ovaries are the issues. So actually, I think I was feeding the problem. Yes. rather than treating what the actual what my diagnosis actually was and I think the hypothalamus you know basically it goes right what do you need today you need to breathe You're, those are the organs that need to work not your reproductive organs right that's, right. Not, that's not essential and if you're stressed and anxious and everything else so you know I, I feel it's taken a long journey and, and it's something I'm going to to talk about and and share more because I think it's probably more common uh, than you know realise. It's so interesting because when you were saying about, um, you know, you were a completely normal weight and your BMI was fine. Um, I remember I did Kate. Do you what, what's her name? Kayla. It it it, it, it in, right. in, in, in yeah. I did her program, right, I did her program when I was about 24, I was going on a girl's trip to Dubai or something, I was like, right, 12 weeks, I'm going to do this program, and my period stopped when I did that, and there was, you know, I was eating normally, but I was just doing this program, and I don't know, like you say, if my body was just so focused on doing this program every single day and it wasn't like I'd never exercised before I'd always been exercising it was just I just switched what I was doing I was hit training rather than maybe I don't know I used to do body pump or something and it it just it it, well yeah it was like my body was like right I'm just going to focus all my energy onto this now and I'm not gonna give you a period um yeah 
And yeah, and weirdly, that was the time I was I I was just got married and we we hadn't been talking about having children, but it was the time when I thought, oh, I haven't got any periods. Oh, okay, I'm really worried about this. And then I started taking like my cycles more seriously. Yeah. Um and wanting to have a period and not avoiding have a pe- having a period and stuff like that. So isn't it weird that we th- that we really don't know that much about our cycles? We di- we discussed this on the podcast yeah. a couple of weeks back, but it's something that is so intrinsically linked to us inside and how we're feeling mm. and mm. we should know the ins and outs of it, the back the back to fronts of it, but we but we, but we don't. We're not taught period health at the crucial time when we're at school, nothing. And we take a contraceptive pill that the doctor just gives to us and don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. And then we're taking that for 15 years. And who knows what our cycle's doing? Mm. I mean, it's it's madness. Yeah. I don't know now what, because I'm on HRT because I'm in early menopause. I'm having to take estrogen and then an estrogen progesterone pill. And I've got mm-hmm. no idea where my periods are coming. Their load's heavier. I get chronic period pains now, back and front, which puts me out for a day. Really hormonal, crying a lot for like a week before. It's just hell, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that bit is hell. I, I, I Yeah, I, I find it... Um, I just wish there was more information, I guess, or at least I wish we had more information growing up about it. Yeah. Def- and, and how important our cycles are. Uh, and also for partners and people we're around yeah. to understand, you know, that this is the moment I'm in in my cycle. And this is, you know, like usually at the beginning of your cycle, you get a surge of creativity and motivation. And then it slumps. And, and it, if we understood all those things a bit better, then it would help everybody around us, yeah, you know, and, so and ourselves, of course. Yeah. yeah. Don't I get, I never used to get any PMT before I had children and now I get it really badly, but there's nothing that annoys me more than when James goes, oh, you oh, no. to get your period. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and then when yeah. I get it, I almost um, want to hide it because I don't want him to be right. <laughs> totally. Or they go, um, oh, that makes you got your period. That makes, that, that makes sense. Then last couple of days, that yeah. makes sense. And I'm like that. Give me the kitchen uh, knife. Where is it? <laughs> <You're> still- <laughs> <laughs> um, you you said that you felt pregnant naturally. So so, I mean, obviously, so over the moon that you're doing it, but just just having sex and enjoying it, and then bang, we're pregnant. Yeah, I think Bridget helped. <laughs> I think there'll be I I think there'll be a bridge a Bridgerton baby boom. Yeah, so I spoke to my fertility clinic uh, because obviously I wanted to talk to them about the one uh, we had remaining, and their advice was that I tried naturally for six months, and I felt because I had been on such a huge roller coaster the months before, and actually had gone through a huge amount to get my periods back. I thought let's give let's give this a go. Um, and I took their advice, you know, and, and I worried about how I would feel having not gone back for that one. But when I took the pregnancy test that morning, I'd like, I locked the door and Kit was like desperately trying to get in the bathroom. And I was trying to work out this, this I've done so many pregnancy tests, but in the moment where you're like trying to figure what it all do I out. Do? <laughs> I know, what am I looking for? Um, but anyway, and it, and it showed up and I went into, Lola and Kit were in Lola's room. And I just looked at Lola and I thought, do you know what? That period of my life will always have given me Lola. Like, yeah. whatever. And I'm just delighted to be pregnant, whichever yeah. way. And you just, you know, so it was almost a slight relief about how I might feel getting a positive result and it not being. Does that make sense? 
not being yeah. the embryo that yeah yeah of course and how do you feel now about the embryo yeah yeah um I think about it um I think at the moment my focus is on keeping this pregnancy as healthy as possible and and I'll think about perhaps that embryo once this little one is is here safely but yeah I think I think there was no there's never obviously with a frozen embryo transfer there's never any guarantee um it was right in, obviously in the thick of the of covid lockdown i did think that there are people who the the, the appointments were so backlogged at fertility centers yeah. and i was like yeah. you know i've got my two if i can try naturally so there was a bit of that going on in my head as well um yeah so yeah it's it's a funny one i think never say never never say never and i and i know there are loads of people with the same who have gone through fertility treatment who have frozen embryos who are left with the same dilemmas um yeah yeah my my two girlfriends actually um who um who are gay they've been together for about 14 years they have a little girl and um and they went to Denmark to get their sperm and Mm -hmm. Lucy was the carrier and they have three uh embryos from the mm. same sperm and they're trying to do number two at the moment because of lockdown it's been so difficult to go back and forth but I often yeah. talk to Lucy about it and she just you know those embryos are there kind of in Denmark and yeah. she's like that's potentially a, my child and I can't get yeah. to it makes me feel really emotional thinking about it because yeah it's such a huge thing such a huge monumental moment in your life that, that that's potentially a little human you and you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so she's trying again. When I went back to my fertility clinic for a different appointment, this was a few years back, I asked if I could see where the embryo was um, because I couldn't visualise it. was like it's frozen, but what, how, where, where's it yeah. kept? And basically it was this huge cylinder that was on the floor and they took the lid off and this like dry ice came out and there's all these little tubes, you know, all these kind of thin sticks and, and it just said Judd with like a number you know, and they pulled it up and, you know, it was just like, put it back, just put it back now, just put it, put it back, you know, it was just, <laughs> keep it safe, don't drop it, don't yeah, drop it. it. just mind-blowing, mind-blowing, all these little, you know, little frozen embryos. But, I mean, Harry was really practical when we were talking about it and that helped. He was, he was able to kind of slightly separate the emotion from it um, and we really, really talked it over and over and over, which... Um, I'm grateful to him as ever. He's like a rock of of support. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I feel like we could just chat all day, but we can't because you've got to get on with your life. And so have we. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much. I feel like you need to write a book about it, actually, about your period. Well, definitely. yeah, we'll see. I mean, That's I'm an exclusive only, as I right saying, there. just starting to feel able to open up yeah. about it. Yeah. Be, I think yeah. loads of people look and anybody listening that's experiencing it um, do get in touch with us and and speak to Izzy directly because yeah it's probably more common than we think it is absolutely yeah. like with everything and t- you know until someone starts talking about it no one talks about it and that's the yeah. worst thing you can do so um, yeah. yeah thank you so much for sharing oh thank you for chatting it's so lovely I'm, I'm sorry we're not all in the same room but oh, maybe I one know. day one but day if we were we would be drunk and you wouldn't be <laughs> well you might be <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, lovely to chat we'll, oh, we'll see you, you soon so hopefully much. so much love thank you girls she's a superstar isn't she because she's so honest and real and that's what yeah. and that's what we love that the only way to kind of 
really delve into these subjects, like you said, George, is to have conversation, proper conversations about them. And, and period history, you know, just the whole sort of secrecy around periods. Like we've, we've mentioned this before, but even just about the whole like tampon thing when it like falls on the floor, you're like, oh shit, there's a I tampon know. on the floor. You put it up your sleeve. sleeve. I mean, what that? I mean, what is that about? Yeah. But also, do you know what? Like even just her mentioning like the whole, you know, over exercising, under eating, but being a healthy weight. So no one would think it was alarming because, you know, you don't, you, you appear to look fine. Um, it just sparked, you know, like something I'd completely forgotten about. Um, you know, however, how, you know, six years ago or whatever, six, seven years ago, that happened to me. And I didn't even think of it like that. I just just was ex- just changed my exercising yep. and, and my period stopped. And I didn't really think about the impact or the damage that was having on like such an important part of my body and this is probably happening to so many people and they're not putting two and two together because like Izzy was saying she was a normal weight so you would just be thinking it was you know it's fine I'm just exercising and I'm eating you know in a maybe a slightly restrictive way but nothing you know nothing crazy um, so yeah, it's worrying. It's actually really, really worrying. Yeah, I, I find it really fascinating the mentality behind the moments in our life where we suddenly get that wake up call. Um, yeah. And it's it's happening to me at the moment with my HRT that I've I've actually been living with like chronic headaches and fatigue for the last three months, thinking mm. that everything's okay. You know, taking my pill every day, not really sure if the dose is right because they've doubled it. And I'm like, no, 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 something's not right here. My headaches yeah. are really bad. I've got no energy. I'm finding things quite difficult so I've made I've made a decision to well spoke to my doctor but also to get in touch with like the menopause doctor to try and have a conversation with her around it just to see if there's something going on here like have some more bloods taken but it's taken me this long of feeling a bit crap to actually do something about it and some people go years without um, addressing any sort of period health or anything like that it's yeah we need we need to listen to our bodies a bit more I think we do and we probably need to get an expert on actually maybe we can do that you know over the next couple of months someone who who you know can talk about the cycles I thought it was really interesting the way Izzy was talking about at the beginning of your cycle you can have like a a big creativity spike yes and then you know a couple of weeks later you can feel a bit like sort of and like we get that don't we but we've never we've never thought about it coinciding with our cycles yeah um I've just thought I don't know. Where are you in your Where are you in your cycle at the moment? Is it creative or is it meh? I've got no idea. After this weekend, I mean, any creative spike would just be completely squashed. Um, well, listen. Thank you, thank you, as always, for supporting the podcast, for listening every single week, uh, and for kind of spreading the Made by Mama's word as well. As always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe, or follow the podcast. Yeah, and please do keep your suggestions coming. Like, we cannot thank you guys enough for, you know, all of your support over the last few years. And so this podcast is just as much for you guys as it is for us. Um, so anyone you want to see, please drop us a message. We're on at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we'll be back on Friday. See you then. Hold up. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.